right. If we have a Bible, let's remain standing for the reading of the word of the Lord. John chapter 3, and we're going to begin at verse 1. John chapter 3, and we're going to begin at verse 1. All right, John chapter 3. Beginning at verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. And by the help of the Holy Ghost, just for a couple of minutes, I just want to minister on this simple thought. We must be born again. We must be born again. Let's put down our Bibles. Let's lift up our hands and our voices. Let's call upon the name of the Lord. Dear Father, we love you, Jesus. We thank you, dear God, for your goodness. We thank you, dear Lord, for your love and your power, dear God. I pray, O Lord Jesus, that you would have your way in this house, dear Lord, in every heart and every mind. I pray, dear God, that your word would grip our hearts. Draw us nigh unto you, sweet Jesus. Lord, more than anything, dear God, we want to see you face to face. We want to see you in peace. We want to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We want to enter into the kingdom of God. Oh, Lord, have your way, dear God, in this place. Open up the heavens and pour out your spirit upon our hearts, dear Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody say amen. Praise the Lord. You can be seated in the house of the Lord. We must be born again. Here in the book of John chapter 3, very um, familiar uh, passage of scripture here um, where there was Nicodemus, and that Nicodemus um, had heard and had seen uh, the works of Jesus. And so Nicodemus decided that he was going to come and that he was going to come to Jesus. And he was going to begin to strike up a conversation with him. And 
It is very interesting that the Bible tells us that he came to Jesus by night. And that I don't believe that it was a coincidence that he came by night. But there was a very real reason that he came by night is that he did not want um, anyone to see him talking with Jesus and associating with Jesus because he already understood what the consequence was um, concerning the religious leaders in talking with this, this man that has come and that they have determined that he was preaching something that was not of God. They had, come, they had declared that his way of coming and how he came, that it was by some ungodly act, or some ungodly deed. And so they did not want to see, and they did not want to hear of any one of their um, associates and anyone that was associating with them, didn't want to hear them talking to Jesus or even believing in what he was bringing. And because of their pride and because of their arrogance and because of their wanting to hold on to power, that they did not want to accept anything that he was bringing. And the word was that anybody that confessed this man or that believe in this man, that they are going to be isolated. They are going to be kicked out of the synagogue. They will not be allowed to come. They will be cut off. And so Nicodemus comes by night. Can I tell you this morning, amen, I have to have a made-up mind that it doesn't matter what the consequences are, and it doesn't matter what the repercussions are, doesn't matter who turns their back on me. I got a made up mind that I'm going to confess this man named Jesus. That I'm going to lift up my voice and that I'm going to declare that he is the way and that he is the truth and that he is the life. That the truth is, is that I'm not ashamed to be associated with this man named Jesus this morning. I'm not ashamed to lift up my hands And lift up my voice and declare that the glory and honor belongs to him and him alone. I'm not ashamed to lift up my voice and declare that all worship belongs to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that Jesus is that King. And Jesus is the Lord. I can't help but to think how people are packing out stadiums. Amen. As they are trying their best to obey social distancing they are still going to stadiums and they are still rooting and they are still cheering and they are still lifting up their hands and they are still lifting up their voices under strange gods amen gods that cannot heal them gods that cannot save them gods that cannot write their names down in the lamb book of life Gods that cannot wash away all of their sins. And they do it with all of their hearts, with their minds, with their souls. Even though there is a pandemic, amen, that is nationwide, they still go and they still lift up their voice. 
how much more should I come into the house of the Lord and have a made up mind that there ain't nothing that is going to hinder me there ain't nothing that is going to stop me there is nothing that is going to shut down my praise there is nothing that is going to cause me not to lift up my hands and lift up my voice and get on my feet and lift up my mouth and let out a shout Somebody got to have a made up mind this morning that I believe in this man named Jesus. I believe that he's worthy of all of the glory. I believe he's worthy of all of the honor. I believe that he's worthy of all of the praise this morning. And so you'll find out that when it comes down to talking about Jesus, that everyone is not willing to hear. Everyone is not receptive to Jesus. That you'll find out that individuals will, they'll make statements like, well, you know, whoever or whatever your higher power is. I just heard somebody and it blew my mind. It caused me, caused my, my jaw to drop as this individual said, whatever your higher power is. If you want to go and you want to pray to a tree, then that's your higher power. And I begin to think what utter nonsense that is. Amen. A tree cannot do anything for me. You hear me? It's not going to do anything for me. I'm not here to just talk about my higher power and leave it all generic. I come to declare who he is. Amen. I come to let it be known that Jesus is the one that I pray to. I'm not just praying out somewhere. My prayers are directed to one specifically. Amen. And he is the healer of my body. He's the healer of my troubled mind. Can I tell you, whatever you came in the house of the Lord, whatever need you came in here with, I promise you, if you lift up your hands and you lift up your voice and you call on that name that is greater than any other name, I'm talking about the name that every knee is going to bow down to and every tongue will confess whether they want to or not. I tell you that Jesus is able to turn your life around for the good if you and I would allow him to. So Nicodemus came by night because he was afraid to be associated with Jesus. He was afraid to be seen with this man. And that he begins to confess some things. He begins to refer to Jesus as rabbi. He said that unto him we know that you are a teacher from God. He says that no man can do these miracles except God be with him. So he is declaring that you are a teacher and that you have come from God. For we know that no one can possibly do these kinds of miracles except God be with him. And so let me tell you something this morning, that he had some of it correct, amen, because God was with him, amen, but he wasn't just with him, he was in him, amen, and that he was more than just a teacher, amen, but he was the almighty God in flesh, amen, that's why he could declare that all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. 
That's why he could declare, amen, when they brought a lame man to him, that he could forgive them, forgive him of his sins. And the Pharisees, they begin to lift up their voice and say, who does this man think he is? Only God can forgive sins. And you know what? They was right. Only God can forgive sins, but they was missing it, that they were looking at God in the flesh, amen. He was in their midst. Can I declare to you that he is more than a prophet he is more than a teacher he's more than a good man but in him dwelleth all the fullness of the godhead bodily come on don't try to reduce this man named jesus down to just being a prophet and down to just being a good teacher but honey he is the almighty god in flesh here on israel the lord our god is one lord without controversy great is the mystery of godliness god was manifested in the flesh god was justified in the spirit he was seen of angels he was preached unto the gentiles he was believed on in the world and he was received up in the glory i'm talking about jesus this morning he is the almighty god he's not just a teacher he's not just a prophet he's not just a good man but he is God he is God. And so Nicodemus, though he came to Jesus, some things was off, amen. But you'll find out that there are some things that Jesus is not concerned about. Jesus is only concerned about one thing. And he gets right down to it. Understand that Jesus is concerned about our spiritual well-being. Jesus is concerned about where we spend eternity. He tries to help us to understand that it should be our number one priority. It should be our concern as well. That, listen, this world and everything in it, it's going to pass. It's going to fade. It's going to burn with the fervent heat. This world and all of its clubs, this world and all of its social platforms, all of this stuff is going to pass. Everything that everybody is fighting for and struggling over and hurting one another for, it's all going to pass. It's all going to end. I pray to God, amen, that I come to the realization at one some, some point in my life that this is not a continuing city. This world is not going to continue and I got to get my eyes up on the Lord. I got to lift up my hands. Listen, I was just talking to somebody the other day and I told them, listen, everybody's got their eyes on everything else. I'm telling you what I'm going to do. I'm going to lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and of earth. I may rob some people the wrong way, but I got to declare this morning. It don't matter who's in office can't nobody save you the way that Jesus can can't nobody deliver you the way that he can why don't we get our eyes on the one that can really help us why don't we lift up our hands unto the one that can really do us some good because it all boils down to Jesus when it's all over and I, what I must understand is that Jesus is simply using government to fulfill his purpose, his plan. I can never get that 
Misunderstand that. He's using all of these things to fulfill what his word says is going to come to pass. And it's going to come to pass. So I say I need to get my eyes on him that is in control of all things. He's the one that is in control of all of these things. And what he wants me to understand is that he is concerned about our spiritual well-being. He's concerned about our souls and where it spends eternity. And so he wastes no time in talking to Nicodemus. He talks to Nicodemus about this thing called being born again. And he explains to Nicodemus, he says, truly, truly. He said, except you are born again. He said, you will not enter. And he also said, you will not see. The kingdom of God. Now Nicodemus had a problem understanding what Jesus was declaring to him. Because Nicodemus assumed that the Lord was saying, listen, you have to be physically born again. And so he says, listen, how is this possible? How can I possibly enter into my mother's womb and be born again? Can I tell you this morning, it's important that I understand that the words of Jesus Christ are not carnal, and that they are not, they are not physical words. They're not carnal words. The words of Jesus are life and spirit. And so every word that proceeds out of his mouth is pertaining to life and is pertaining to spirit. And that if I don't understand that, then I'm going to get some things mixed up. And I'm going to get, begin to think incorrectly that I need to understand that he is trying to get a hold of me. And that he is trying to draw me in. And he's trying to help me to understand that he is the way. And that he is the truth. And that he is the life. He began to talk to a certain group. And as they had followed him, and they followed him for all of the wrong reasons. He said, you've only followed me because of the bread that I've multiplied and how I fed the multitude. He said, you didn't follow me because of the miracles that I performed. They followed him for all of the wrong reasons. And because of it, they misunderstood his words. He began to tell them, listen, that I am the bread that has come down from heaven. He said, if you eat of me and then if you drink of my blood, if you eat of my body, and you drink of my blood, that you will have everlasting life. They begin to tell him, listen, our fathers, they partook of the bread, of the manna that Moses gave them in the wilderness. And that Jesus made it very clear, listen, your fathers, they ate of that bread and they still died. He said, but if you eat of what I am offering you, that you will never die. You will have everlasting life. He was speaking spiritually to them. They thought that he was talking about cannibalism, eating his physical flesh and drinking his physical blood. Jesus was trying to help them to understand, listen, this body is going to be beaten. This body is going to be broken. That I'm going, blood is going to flow. And that if you believe, amen, in me, and if you believe in what I am bringing, and what I am offering, that you will never die, but that you will have everlasting life in the area that it really 
matters and that really counts. And they misunderstood it. They walked away from him never to follow him again. They said these are hard words. Who can understand them? They didn't understand that they were spiritual words. But I'm going to tell you, the disciples that he handpicked and that he had poured in for those years, he looked to them, those 12 disciples, and he said, will you leave me too? And the word came back, listen, we know who you are, amen. You are the Christ, amen. You are the son of the living God. And the words that you speak, they are eternal words, amen. And they said, who else do we go to? You have the words of eternal life. Can I tell you, it's important to understand that I have nowhere else to turn. I have nowhere else I can go. That this is it, amen. That if I don't grab a hold of this, there is no hope for me. Nobody else can give me joy. Nobody else can give me peace. Nobody else can destroy chains and shackles off of my life. I got to understand what those disciples understood. That once you find Jesus, you have found everything thing that you are looking for and there is nobody else that I can turn to who's got a made up mind this morning I'm not looking to go nowhere else I'm not looking to family I'm not looking to friends I'm not looking to money honey I done found Jesus amen and I come to declare that Jesus is alright with me that Jesus is able to turn your life around Jesus is able to pull you out of the muck and out of the mire and I gotta understand what he is trying to communicate to me Nicodemus didn't understand he was missing what Jesus was trying to communicate to him about this being born again that this is no new thing that before we came and before the Lord or before we allowed the Lord to teach us and to educate us and to show us and lead us through his word that we misunderstood at times what this thing was all about and what allowed, what all of this meant. That we didn't quite understand when we came. And I'm going to tell you something. It's not a crime not to understand. The crime is, is that when I don't have a desire to understand, That I don't have a desire to sit down and say, okay, I don't understand. Teach me, Lord. Show me what you are trying to say. Help me to understand what you are trying to communicate to me. Help me not to just write it off as that person is crazy or that's just how they believe or that's just how they see it. Help me to understand what you are trying to communicate through your word. And how many know that Jesus will break it down for you? Jesus wants us to understand what he has declared. And he will take the time to walk us through it. He'll take the time to break it down 
for us. He will not get frustrated with us. He wants us to understand. The question is, do I want to understand? I come to declare this morning, it doesn't matter who write this off as foolishness, who writes it off as craziness. I don't know about anybody else, but when the time presents itself, I want to linger back a little while and I want to just steal away with Jesus and I want to let Jesus know I don't understand and I need you to open up the eyes of my understanding. I come to lift up my hands and lift up my voice this morning and let God know everything about you. I want to know the right way. I don't just want to believe what some bishop has told me. Amen. I don't want to just believe what some false prophet is declaring on the street corner. But I want to know from your word. I want to know the truth of your word. I want you to show me who you are. I want you to declare. I want you to lead to me your way. Your plan. And Jesus begins to break things down for Nicodemus as Nicodemus thought that he must enter into the womb the second time and be born again. But Jesus begins to break it down for him and lets him know. In verse 3, in verse 5, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And so water and Spirit. Jesus is making it clear that this born again, Business is not a physical birth, but it is a spiritual birth that must take place in every man's life, every woman's life, every boy, and every girl. That if we're going to have any chance of making it into the kingdom of God, that we must be born of water and we must be born of the Spirit. Some may ask the question, well, what does that mean? What does it mean to be born of the water and born of the Spirit? You'll find out that Jesus did not only communicate this message to Nicodemus, but he communicated it to his disciples. He told them what to declare. He told them what to preach when the time, when it was time. And you'll find out that I find it very interesting that those disciples, they stood up and they declared, Everything that Jesus told them to declare. And that if we would turn to Acts chapter 2, that you'll see that in the book of Acts was the first first outpouring of the Holy Ghost. That what was promised, what prophets had prophesied about and declared, what Joel prophesied about, that God in the last days would pour out his spirit upon, listen, not some flesh, but all flesh, all kinds of flesh, that God would pour out his spirit. And it has taken place in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. There were those that were there for the feast of Pentecost. They had gathered into Jerusalem to celebrate that feast. And in the upper room, there's 120 that are being filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And that the Bible says they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And that those that had gathered for the Feast of Pentecost, 
They heard this happening. They heard this going on. And they asked themselves, what meaneth this? What is going on? We know that these men are Galileans, but we hear them all speaking in our native tongues. And that some said, listen, they begin to say that they are drunk. They begin to mock them and said that they were drunk. They were filled with new wine. Peter stands up and he declares the gospel message. He declares to them Jesus. He begins to preach to them of how they took Jesus and how they gave him over to the unbelieving Jews and to the Romans. And he has preached this to them. And in verse 37, where we're going to pick up is where the people are pricked in their heart. They're convicted. They are sorry for what they've done. And so they begin to respond in verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and unto the rest of the disciples, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And so you'll find out that Peter stands up and he declares to them, repentance, being baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. Let's not leave that out. And that God would fill them with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that you'll find out that all throughout the book of Acts, this was taught. This is the being born of the water and being born of the Spirit. Born of the water is baptism in the wonderful name of Jesus. And being born of the Spirit is being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. As the Lord begins to fill us with his Spirit, we will speak, listen, in an unknown language that we did not learn. And that we did not learn from a textbook or in a classroom. But it will be the almighty God speaking through us. Can I tell you this morning. I want everything that God says that I can have. I want every promise. I want every blessing. I want my name written down in the Lamb's book of life. When it's all said and done. I want to enter into the kingdom of God. Anybody want to enter into the kingdom of God? Anybody want their name written down in the Lamb's book of life? Anybody want your name there when he opens up those books amen and he calls out your name can I tell you this morning I gotta have a made up mind there is nothing there is no one that is gonna stop me from going through the water amen show me where the water is and before I leave here I'm going down in the wonderful name of Jesus and I believe that the Lord will fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost I want this amen I can't let no devil in hell stop me from getting what God has for me. All throughout the scripture, you'll find out that this is recorded. If we'll turn to the book of Acts, stand Acts, Acts chapter 8. Talking about being born again. Philip is in Samaria and he's preaching there. And the Bible says that there was wonderful things that took place in Samaria. Listen, 
Devils were being cast out. Blind eyes were being opened. Lame legs were being healed. The Bible says that there were great joy in the city. And they had been baptized only in the name of Jesus. So they had been born of the water. That was it. But they had not yet received the Spirit. And so you'll find out that Philip is there. And he is preaching. And he's declaring the word of the Lord to them. And that the Bible says that while he is there, that the word got back to, it got back to the apostles. And that the Bible says that when the apostles heard that the Samaritans had received the word of the Lord, that in verse 15, the Bible says, who when they were come down, prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Ghost. He said, for as yet he was fallen upon none of them only. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And so you'll see that they were born of the water, and that when the apostles came, they laid their hands on them, and they received the gift of the Holy Ghost. They were born of the water, and they were born of the Spirit. They were a band, what Jesus had told Nicodemus. What Jesus had declared to Nicodemus, that except you are born of the water and born of the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. This is not it. That in Acts chapter 10, you'll see that the Bible declares that the Lord had the Gentiles in mind and that God was going to save the Gentiles the same way he saved the Jews and the same way he saved the Samaritans. And that Peter, he is at the house of one by the name of Simon. He is up on a roof and that he is in a trance, the Bible says. And that the Lord shows him a sheet that came from heaven to earth. And on that sheet was every unclean animal, every unclean beast. And the Bible says that the Lord told Peter to arise and eat. And Peter said, not so, Lord, that nothing unclean or common have touched these lips of mine. And the Lord said, what I have cleansed, don't call common and don't call unclean. This happened three times, amen. And the Bible says that there came a Gentile men knocking on the door of Simon's house to come and to get Peter. Jesus told Peter, you go with them and you doubt nothing. He went with them. And what he found out is that as they got to the house of Cornelius, Cornelius was a just man. Cornelius was a man that prayed always. He was a man that gave alms. And because of this, God remembered Cornelius. And God remembered his family. How many want God to remember you? Amen? I want God to keep me in mind. Amen? I want God to remember me. You hear? I want God to remember that he would send someone, amen, to my house. Amen? 
and that he will send someone and declare the truth to me. Can I tell you, when you hear the truth of the word of God, can I tell you, that's not a life thing. That is something to shout about. That is something to rejoice over because God's got you in mind. Amen. God is saying, you know what? I'm going to bring the truth to them. I'm going to bring the truth to their household. I'm going to bring the truth to their family. I believe that is something I ought to shout about. Amen. That God would not leave me lost. That God would not forsake me. But that God would keep me in mind that he would send somebody to knock on my door. He would send somebody to teach me a Bible study. He would send somebody to declare that there is only one Lord. There is only one faith. And there is only one baptism. So we pick up here in the book of Acts chapter 10. And Peter has been brought to the house of Cornelius. Acts chapter 10, beginning at verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God is not a respecter of persons. He says that because up until this point, the Jews had no dealings with the Gentiles. The Jews considered the Gentiles unclean because of their lifestyle and how they lived and what they worshipped. But Peter is recognizing that it's not about how he feels about people, amen? It's not about what he thinks, amen? But that God did not come and shed his blood just for some, amen? But he came and shed his blood for all. And I'm so glad that we don't serve a partial God this morning. That God is not looking, amen, out my outward shell. But that God is looking at the inner me and the inner you. And he sees our souls. And that's what he cares about the most. And so Peter recognized that God's not a respecter of persons. Verse 35, he said, but in every nation that he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God seeked, sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, the Lord of all. That word I say ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God appointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day, and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us, what did, who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him 
shall receive remission of sins. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. And so you'll see that the Holy Ghost was poured out on Cornelius, Cornelius' family, Cornelius' friends. They were all there at Cornelius' house, and they were anticipating, and they were waiting a word, a word that God would give them. And when Peter got there, he began to preach and declare Jesus to them. And while he was preaching, it, it speaks of their eagerness. It speaks of how ready they were to receive the word of God. It speaks to the fact that their hearts were just open, friend. Can I tell you, when I have an open heart to what God would say to me, can I tell you, it will take no time for me to receive what God has for me. Can I tell you, it's important that my heart is open this morning. It's important that I have an open heart to the word of God and that I don't come with an attitude that I don't believe that. Listen, I may have never heard it, but if it's in the word of God, I got to throw up my hands and lift up my voice and say you know what Lord I've never seen it this way I've never heard it this way but what I know is that you are not a liar you are not a man that you should lie neither a son of man that you should repent if you said it Lord then I know it's true so Lord show me where the baptism tank is show me where the water is I'm going down in the name of Jesus and I'm going to lift up my hands I'm going to surrender myself like a little child and I'm going to allow God to fill me with his spirit. They were born of the water and they were born of the spirit. This is important. If I never hear anything else concerning the word of God, this is the most important thing that I'll ever hear. Listen. There are things going on in our world that prophecy, Bible prophecy, speaks of. And I'm going to tell you something. I may not understand everything about prophecy. And that's all right. But I must understand what it takes to get into the kingdom of God. That is the most important thing. See, because if I get into the kingdom of God, God will keep me, amen, throughout this, these end time prophecies that are coming to pass. God will put something inside of me, friend, that I will not bow 
to the age and the spirit of this world. Amen. Because there is something that is coming upon this world. And unless I got the word of God in my heart, and unless my name has been written down in the Lamb's book of life, and that I am filled with the power of the Holy Ghost and walking in the spirit, the spirit of this age is going to break me down. But can I tell you, friend, when you get the power of the Holy Ghost, you can put some devils underneath your feet. You can look that devil in his eye and let the devil know you don't uh, intimidate me. I'm not afraid of you. You will not back me down into a corner. Anybody got a made up mind this morning? I want this born again experience. I want to be born of the water. I want to be born of the spirit. I want my name written down in the Lamb's book of life. Before Jesus comes back for his church. So he declares this to Nicodemus. And listen, all throughout the book of Acts and the epistles testifies that we must be born of the water. Romans chapter 6, Paul says we are buried with him in baptism. He also talks about that if we have partaken of his death, then we will be in the same likeness of his resurrection. That, listen, that applies to when God will catch us up out of here, but it also applies to when God fills us with his spirit. There is something that is wrong with my spirit. And that is that it is dead. I'm cut off from God because of sin. But when God fills me with the Holy Ghost, he quickens my spirit. He makes me alive. We are reconciled. Amen. The Bible says that the ministry of reconciliation, that God gave it to the church. Can I tell you what the church's number one priority is? It's to reconcile people under God. Amen. And I'm going to tell you the only thing that is going to bring us back into fellowship and back into relationship with Jesus Christ is this born again message. I got to repent of my sins. I got to go down in the wonderful name of Jesus and I gotta be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you just like with Cain and Abel they needed the blood and if we're gonna talk with God and if we're gonna have fellowship with God we need the blood. Amen. But I'm not talking about blood of bulls. I'm not talking about the blood of lambs. I'm not talking about the blood of goats. I'm talking about the blood of Jesus Christ that is greater than any other. Can I tell you this morning I I come to lift up my hands and I come to lift up my voice and I come with a made up mind God whatever you want to do in my life I am open Lord I am done fighting you I am done kicking against you I'm done coming with my own ideas I let go of my own ideas God and I surrender to your will I surrender to your plan I surrender to your way he told Nicodemus this he tells Nicodemus, listen, verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So he begins to help Nicodemus to understand the difference between this physical birth and the spiritual birth. He says, marvel, listen, don't be shocked by what you hear. Don't be amazed by what you hear. He said, marvel, 
not that I say, said unto thee, ye must be born again. That must, listen, that is God in the flesh. See, because I'll say, well, ain't nobody going to tell me what I must do. <laughs> nobody going to tell me I must. I ain't got to do nothing. But when it comes to the almighty God in flesh, he will tell us what we must do because he's calling shots. I always find it amazing. I Listen, I say it like this, and this is what has helped me to kind of, you know, comply and submit myself to God's word. I'm the one in need of healing. Listen, I'm the leper that is dying minute by minute that will die if I don't have some kind of divine intervention. I'm the one that is in need. Old Naaman, he was a leper, friend, and he had a great need in his life. But when he got the word or received the word of what he must do for his leprosy to be healed, he began to say, surely there are better rivers than this. Wait a minute, sir. You are a leper. You are the one that has need of something. If you could figure it out, why are you coming to the man of God? But as soon as we get the word, amen, of what we must do, well, surely it doesn't take all of that. Surely there's another way. Well, if there was another way, why I didn't find it? Why I didn't figure out my problems? Why didn't, why didn't I heal my own broken heart? Why didn't wash away my own sins? If there could be another way, if I, was, if I knew everything, why didn't I do it on my own? The answer is, is that I don't know, amen? I don't know how to fix myself. I don't know how to figure out my own problems. But I tell you who do, amen? And I'll tell you he has the answer, friend. And Jesus has let us know, amen, that if you will grab a hold of what I am offering, amen, and what I am telling you, you must do. Friend, your life will turn around for the good. Who can testify that your life has never been the same since you've gone down in the name of Jesus and since you've been filled with the power of the Holy Ghost? I'm talking about stuff that I couldn't overcome before. I trampled over those things, amen, because the writer said it would be through his name, amen, that we would push down our enemies and that we would trample them underneath our feet. I want you to know that the devil is underneath our feet this morning and it's because of the power of the blood and it's because of the power of the Holy Ghost. Friend, if Jesus is saying that I must do it, understand it's for my good. It's for my well-being. So why don't I just lift up my hands and lift up my voice and say, Lord, whatever you say, I'm going to do it. Let us stand this morning must be born again. We must be born again if we're going to enter into the kingdom of God.
Nowhere in the Bible, search the scriptures, nowhere in the Bible did anybody ever confess with their mouth and believe in their heart. Nowhere in the scriptures did anyone ever shake a hand or sign a card. Nowhere in the Bible. It's not there. I'll tell you what you will find. They were baptized in Jesus' name. And they were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 19, you'll find out that there were those that were baptized unto John, baptized by John the Baptist. They were baptized unto repentance. And Paul came to Ephesus and he saw them. And he said, listen, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they say, listen, we, we haven't even heard of there being a Holy Ghost. He says, then what baptism were you baptized unto? What? They said, John baptism. He said, hey, you know John did say one mightier than him was coming. And John said that he was not even worthy of the one that was coming after him to unloosen his shoelaces. He said that he said he was going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And then they remembered. He did tell us that. And when they remembered that, the Bible says that they were baptized in Jesus' name. And that when they came up, that, the apostle, that Paul laid his hands on them. And they received the Holy Ghost. And they spoke in other tongues. And they prophesied. All throughout the scriptures. All throughout the book. You'll see it. In the epistles, you'll see it. Baptism, men filling of the Spirit. That's how we can make it into the kingdom of God. Listen, friend, I may understand all of the mysteries concerning the prophets and concerning prophecy, but if I don't understand this and if I don't get this born of the water, born of the Spirit, this born again experience, then it won't matter. And I'll tell you this morning, God wants us to declare the truth while we have the time. I can get up, and there are people that will get up, and they'll talk about everything else, and they'll, they'll make people feel good, and they'll make them shout. But friend, if you never give the, the born-again message, John 3, 5, Acts 2, 38, what good have you done, people? None at all. God will is that we be born again. God's will is that there is spiritual birth, that you would experience this new birth experience that will transform your life for the good. I want it this morning. I want it more than anything. I want it more than money. I want it more than friends. I want it more than being in good standings with people. I want this truth in Jesus' name. Let's lift up our hands and let's lift up our voices right where you stand. And let's call upon the name of the Lord just for a couple of minutes. Dear Father, we love you, Jesus. We give you the glory. We give you the honor, dear God. We thank you, dear God, for all of your goodness. We thank you, dear God, for all of your grace. For all of your mercy, dear God. Thank you, Lord, for your blood. Dear God, that you shed on Calvary, dear Lord. For the atonement of our sins. Thank you, dear God, for the outpouring of your spirit. Dear God, we know everything that you have.
We believe in the truth you of your word. Make way. We believe, dear God, that you are the mighty God.